Hey guys, and welcome to Don't Tread on America. I am your host, Don Q. How's it going out there today? It is October 14th, 2021. And yes, I am back from vacation. And uh, I'll get into that a little bit later. But the three stories I got for you today is uh, obviously COVID. Unfortunately, uh, we can't do anything anymore without having a segment on COVID. I want to get into John Gruden and his emails. Also, Hey, guess what? Joe Biden fixes everything. Once again, Papa Joe fixes everything. And uh, one other thing I'm going to talk about is I'm going to start a new segment on this show. And uh, I'm going to do a feel-good story of the day. If we're going to come in with bad news, I want to leave with good news. That way, hopefully, it'll brighten up your day. And everything will be rosy and sunshiny and great. Eh, maybe not. But before we get into that, I want to get to our first sponsor, of the day that's right redcon1.com please go to them for all your supplements in your gym or any type of workout it doesn't necessarily have to be gym if you run if you do pilates or aerobics or hell i don't know whatever else is out there i go to the gym so but you know they do have all sorts of different uh supplements uh protein powders protein bars pre-workouts post-workouts Whatever you need, pretty much they have. Great American company. Please click the link at the bottom of the page of whatever podcast app you're listening to us on. And make sure you use the promo code T20Cordimus. That'll also be on the on the uh, app there. Um, I will not be putting this show up on YouTube today. Mainly because of our first topic here. Uh, I really didn't see the point because generally anytime you put anything up on YouTube about covid and if it goes against the the uh, powers that be's narrative, it's going to get deleted. So I don't. It's kind of cumbersome to actually get a video up on YouTube. It's not quite as easy as it seems, especially when you do 30, 40 minutes an hour video. It takes a while, and I really don't feel like wasting the time <laughs> of putting it up on on YouTube uh, just for it to get deleted. To be honest with you. And uh, it takes even longer to get a video up on Rumble. So, at any rate, I'm still working on that. I don't know if it's my internet that's causing it to take so long. But, unfortunately, where I live, I only have one option for internet. So, it kind of is what it is at this point. At any rate. So, COVID, right? Right? Am I right? COVID? <laughs> so, what are we hearing about COVID? And I'm not going to get into the to the particulars of the vaccine as far as whether you should or shouldn't take it i've said it time and time again uh my personal opinion on the vaccines is if you want to take the vaccine please go visit your doctor talk to he or her see what they have to say about that see if you should or shouldn't take it and if you want to take it by all means take it it's your choice as much as it's my choice to not take it so the big news on covid and vaccines is the mandates, right? <coughs> Excuse me. So everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, but the the, the dominating story of um of this week, as far as mandates are, is with Southwest Airlines, right? So over the weekend, I think it was I don't know if it was Friday, Saturday, somewhere around there, we started hearing about all these Southwest flights being canceled in uh, around the country. And um, <clears throat> the biggest thing was, 
uh, I think Southwest was coming out saying, oh, it was uh, weather. Okay, so then people started, you get on Twitter, you get on, mainly on Twitter, but I think there was some on Facebook, but you, you started seeing a lot of, well, how come the weather's only affecting Southwest flights? You know, United, American Airlines, whoever else were flying to similar places that Southwest was, and, you know, there was no bubbles, no troubles there, so why, um, you know, why is your flights being affected by weather? Well, then they came out and said, oh, well, there was a, they had a lot of call-ins. They had a lot of this. They had a lot of, so then I think it got to a point where a lot of your pilots came out and said on Twitter and whatnot, and we're like, no, it's because of these mandates. So I think, uh, I think they said uh, October 8th was Southwest had a, you know, whatever, by October 8th you had to be partially or started the vaccination process or whatever the case was. And they were like... Uh, so they basically did a sit-out, so to speak. Now, um, seeing today, United Airlines now also has, I think they've, they've had the, the mandate too, but their deadline's looming too. Now the CEO comes out and says, uh, either do it or you're fired. So it made me get into what, what was it, September 9th, right? You had uh, President, President Ice Cream come out and say, Oh, we got to get, you know, mandate. We got to we got to do this and we got to do that and um I'm calling on OSHA to do whatever. Well, that's been well over a month now. And I would assume, I mean, I know you're not supposed to assume, right? But I would assume that if you're going to mandate something that a one of your government agencies is going to do, like if, if I'm president and I come out and say OSHA is going to, I'm going to call on OSHA to do this. I've already talked to OSHA about that. It's not like it's a surprise. Not like OSHA's watching the news at the same time and, oh shit, what is this? We got to do what? Surely this is a situation where he's already had talked to OSHA, talked to lawyers, trying to get the, the legal you know groundwork set prior to opening his big mouth. I, I would hope that he did that as a president um, that's not to say that's exactly what happened, but nonetheless, the fact that it hasn't come to fruition yet makes me wonder what, uh, what's taken so long. Well, I personally believe he, and I've said this time and time again, that he said what he said to get everything kind of the ball rolling at, at um, corporate level, right? So versus OSHA having to say, this is what you have to do, they, uh, they um, you know, you had a lot of corporations come out and just automatically start doing it because Biden said so, and I've said this time and time again, um, you know, Biden's not king, Okay. It, when the when the king, you know, back in the day, king would get out and I proclaim blah, blah, blah. Well, you better do it. Well, he's not king. Last time I checked, he's not. Um, but here we are. You know, you have corporations. You have, you know, some states, California, New York, where they've mandated it. So it's interesting. <laughs> you have, uh, you know, Saki comes out with this uh, little tidbit right here. 
Uh, this was a reporter asking her a question about the Texas in the state of Texas. Abbott uh, did a ban on mandates. And uh, this is what uh, Peppermint Patty, is, as some people like to call her, uh, said. So let's hear this real quick. Going back to Texas, um, what is the president's message to businesses in Texas? You mentioned several of them who are based there. Yeah. Um, when it comes to what the federal guidance is now, and now with the state executive order, what would the president say to those companies as they're determining what they should be doing right now for the vaccine mandates? Well, we know uh, that federal law uh, overrides state law. Uh, I would. So does it? I mean. I know the popular opinion is you're you live in a state, whatever state you live in, and that the federal law supersedes the the state law. But I, I don't know that that is necessarily one hundred percent true because um, you know the once again there's this uh, pesky document that I like to refer to as the Constitution. Okay, so in said Constitution. There's a thing called the Bill of Rights, okay? Now, the Bill of Rights uh, is uh, the first ten amendments to the Constitution, okay? Now, most Americans know a cut. Like, if you went up to most Americans and, and asked them to name the, 10, the first ten amendments, guarantee you, <clears throat> I couldn't tell you the ten, all ten of them. I couldn't. But, um... I might be able to get a few of them. Obviously, most people will get you the first and the second one, right? Because those are probably the most talked about of the uh, of all the amendments. Uh, obviously, is the first amendment's the freedom of the government to tell you what to do. Oh wait, no, it's freedom of speech. Um, second amendment is no one should have a gun. Oh wait, no, that's everyone should. But you know, so on and so forth. I'm not going to go through all the amendments. The, the key, the big amendment here is what we're going to talk about is the Tenth Amendment, okay? So, the Tenth Amendment basically says that, um, let's see, I'm going to read the amendment as it was wrote, so as to no one will be able to understand what I'm saying. <laughs> the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectfully or to the people. And you're scratching your head like, what? So let's break it down. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor by the uh, nor prohibited by it to the states or reserved to the states respectfully by the people. So basically, let's see, I, 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 I looked it up. I wanted to kind of dumb it down because Though, and I like to call that lawyer talk, right? Granted, this was wrote back in 1791, I think. So what what powers does the Tenth Amendment give to the states? In the Tenth Amendment, the Constitution also recognized the powers of the state governments. Traditionally, these include the policing powers of health, education, and welfare. So if you look at examples of that, they talk about um, marriage licenses and driver's licenses and imposing speed limits and stuff like that. You know, because if you drive from state to state, you notice that speed limits aren't universal, right? You could drive 75 north, and in Florida, the speed limit might be 70. You get to Georgia, it might be 65. I mean, I don't know what it is. But the um, what I, <laughs> I like to do is uh, there's a um, thing on online. It's called the Kids, Kids Law. 
So it's it's not kids' law. It's it's the breakdown of the Constitution in a way that you could teach um, children, so to speak. So um, the key thing in this is Congress. Uh, so in '96, a justice said that Congress can try to make a state follow law by setting certain laws that may involve commerce or spending power, but Congress Congress cannot force a state to follow federal laws. So I started thinking about that. And we're looking at vaccine mandates and all this stuff, right? What, um, the one thing that sticks out in my mind in more recent history of federal law versus state law is marijuana, right? So I, I, don't, I'm not, I don't know the list of states, so it's, it's irrelevant. I do know like Colorado, I think California, I think Washington State, for, for example, have laws where, you, where it's legal to recre- recreationally smoke marijuana, right? Now, a lot of states, Florida, I believe, is one of them for sure, um, where you can have a medical, you know, medical license to smoke weed. And obviously, there's ways people circumvent that all the time by saying they have, you know, certain, you know, ailments of whatever kind mentally that aren't are harder to prove. So you know, might you might just get the license anyway. I know some of the reasons given like in Florida for, for the medical is like if you have, a, you know, cancer or lupus or certain different defects, if you have a PTSD, if, you know, different situations, you're able to get that license um, and, and that's whatever. But I'm more re- referring to the recreational use of weed, which means if I live in Colorado I can just, you know, I don't know exactly how the law's written, but to me, when you say recreational use of marijuana, it means I could be just chilling at the house smoking weed. Now, I would assume it would fall into the sense of of drinking. Let's say I can recreationally drink, but I can't drink and drive, so I would assume you can't smoke and drive too. But nonetheless, in Colorado, I can smoke weed recreationally, no bubbles, no troubles, Although it is against federal law to smoke weed. So you see what I'm saying? So if it's okay for a state to pass a law and say it's okay for you to smoke weed, you know, recreationally with these guidelines attached, like I said, I'm sure you can't smoke and drive, for example. Um, Then what's the difference between the state saying I'm not going to mandate vaccines for workers? So like in Florida, uh, just the other day, I don't know if it was yesterday or day before, but... um, uh, our lovely governor here, Ronnie Double D DeSantis, just uh, fined one of the counties in uh, in Florida for mandating vaccines for its employees, for the county employees, and uh, and that's within the state. So it's the same situation <coughs> where the state's going against. I mean, I, there's no federal law yet, but I guess. Uh, we will see. <clears throat> I did find this article in USA Today. Now, this was on. This was back in September. So, uh, when he mandated the, uh, or, you know, not mandated, but when he called on OSHA to mandate this law. So, what he's trying to do with OSHA getting involved, he's trying to, once again, uh, put it on the um, companies, whatever company that has to follow OSHA law, which 
is just about everywhere. Anyone that deals with the public falls under the OSHA guidelines. And then if you fail to abide by said guidelines, you know, you get fined subsequently to whatever the the penalty is. And um, once he made this this uh, mandate, so to speak, people freaked out and was like, oh shit, well we got to... Uh, we got to do this because if not, we're going to get in trouble and blah, blah, blah. And that's not necessarily the case <clears throat> because even OSHA is dragging their feet on getting this because, like I said, you would think if they had a conversation prior to him opening his mouth, they would have uh, <laughs> already had something wrote down. And basically what I'm reading on that is that, um, you know, it's a situation where uh, OSHA would have to write up the law basically give it to the lawyers. Lawyers would have to approve, disapprove, change the language, and uh, go back. And there's nothing that's going to be immediate. I will say this about that, if if at all, because it also shows that mandates are obviously overturnable. I don't know if that's a word, but it is today, <laughs> by by the courts. And we've seen that. I mean, during Trump's presidency... How many times did he mandate something or he did an executive order about something and then a state um, opposed it? A lot of it had to do with DACA and, and um, you know, people crossing illegally over the border where, uh, you know, he set up different executive orders in a state, New Mexico, California, whatever, would, would oppose it, go to court. And then it, obviously it got overturned because most of those lawyers were appointed by Obama and, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, I, I, my personal opinion is, when you see things like what's going on with the Southwest airline pilots, you see healthcare workers, you see police, I think in uh, Chicago, and I think it was Seattle, I'm not sure, it was Washington State up that way, where they're mandating that their public health, um, public uh, officials have this vaccine, and they're refusing, they're either walking off the job, they're not showing up, whatever the case may be. Um, it's going to affect situations. Now, my question is, do they know this and not care? Because if you have police, let's use police, for example. And like I said, I think it was Seattle, and I believe that Chicago is one of the two cities that um, that stick out in my mind. I think in, in Seattle was 290-something police officers haven't proven their vaccine status. Well, that's roughly 30% of their... Um, you know, of their law enforcement, well, is this kind of, if, let's let's say that these police officers fuck it and say quit, and then they move to Florida or Texas or whatever to be police officers because they don't have to deal with that bullshit. Um, is it a situation where you, they have these cities like Seattle, Chicago, New York, um, where they've been calling to defund the police for, you know, well over a year now, does this fall into a situation where they kind of self-defend themselves? Because if you get rid of, if you, if 30% of the law enforcement quits, well, you just defunded your, your agency by 30%, right? There's 30% less people you have to pay. Is it a situation where the they in my scenario of world domination, what they want? I, it just, it's mind boggling because for the life of me, I can't imagine, <laughs> you know, in the almost 
50 years of my life on this, on this, in this country, it's been the last handful of years. It's, it seems so fucked up. And is this what they want? They want total, they don't want you to work. They want you to stay at home. I put a thing on Facebook the other day where it seems like, yeah, that's what they want. They want you to shut up, mind your business and do what we tell you to do. They're like a mean parent. It doesn't want your opinion on nothing. So that is our COVID talk for today. Um, I'm sure I'll have more to talk about it again uh, on the next show because it's basically dominating our lives, news, whether you're going to be able to work tomorrow or go to a store. I, I remember earlier in, in our shows when we first started doing this, we talked a lot about COVID and to the point where we got tired of talking about it, but it was like you couldn't help it. And we felt that people were tired of hearing it, but shit. It's it's hard to not talk about it because that's dominating our lives. It's not even about the vaccines and and whether you should or shouldn't take it. It's whether you have to or don't have to take it to live your life. I mean, you're gonna be able to work. You're gonna be able to go to store. Are they gonna start uh, sectioning off cities like this is the the unvaccinated part of town and this is the vaccinated part of town and that's where you can shop and that's where you can shop. I I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, I, I will say this, it seems like if you stand up to the tyranny, the tyranny will will bow down to you because when it comes down to it, Southwest and United and these, these companies still want to make money. So, all right, so the other day, uh, I think it was yesterday that it came out with John Gruden um, being fired or quitting or retiring or whatever. So I guess um, a bunch of his emails conveniently leaked, right? And uh, I'm not going to excuse his behavior. Obviously, I don't know exactly what he wrote in these emails. Uh, We have a lot of innuendo and, uh, you know, hearsay or whatever. Um, Obviously, he he quit um, being the coach or resigns as Raiders coach uh because of what was in those emails so obviously by him doing that it kind of solidifies what was in those emails without actually knowing what was in those emails so this is the this is the article from cbs uh nfl news john gruden resigns as raiders coach after more leaked emails reveal homophobic misogynic misog yeah it is obviously not an easy word for me to say misogynistic language so I am not going to read this whole article. Um, I would assume, I know there was something, I guess what started the ball rolling, the initial emails that were leaked. Um, So yeah, it says, already under investigation by the NFL for a 2011 email, which he used racial uh, trope to criticize NFL Players Association Executive Director uh, DeMaurice Smith, Gruden admitted Friday, he he admitted that he also used profane language to describe NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. So then I guess he also, there was also more emails that came out about him saying stuff about gay players. Um, I I can't think of the one offhand. uh, And it's not popping up in my face on this... uh, in this article here, but nonetheless, uh, I think there was one on his team that was one of the ones 
And then there was email, I guess, back and forth to, with the uh, owner of the Washington football team. Uh, uh, screw it. The Washington Redskins uh, owner, Daniel Snyder, about <laughs> the uh, cheerleaders and stuff on, on the team. I don't know. To me, it seems like a lot of, as uh, you know, Trump went through this when he was running for president um, back in 16, you know, the locker room talk, so to speak. Um. I think the thing that's most concerning about all of this is without really knowing, obviously they didn't, I'm sure if I, if I looked, I could find the emails and find out exactly what he said. I would assume there was some N words thrown around and there was some, you know, dirty talk about girls and uh, obviously him saying whatever about Roger Goodell didn't bode well for him for Goodell. And I'm sure that's really what got the ball rolling once Goodell saw those emails about him. He was probably like, this is bullshit. <laughs> um, I think the thing is, is how cancel culture is in this country in the sense that um, you have uh, the Buccaneers uh, taking his name off the ring of uh, ring of champions or whatever it's called, you know, because he was the coach back in, um, o two and they won the Super Bowl, so now he's being deleted from team history, you know, versus maybe throwing an asterisk up and saying whatever. But I, I heard something interesting this morning on the news where it's, you know, here we're deleting John Gruden from the history of the Buccaneers of winning the Super Bowl, but yet you got Warren Sapp up there who's been, you know, arrested for different situations you know, whether it was drugs or womanizing or whatever. Uh, but that's okay. Um, John Gruden says some things. And so, <laughs> I, obviously, I, when I was a kid, um, I was always taught, I'm sure you guys heard this phrase once or twice in your life, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names or words or whatever you want to put there will never hurt me. Well, obviously, in 2021, it's the opposite. We don't give a shit about the sticks and stones breaking your bones. It's all about the words. Um, just goes to show what kind of a pussy world we're living in anymore where we literally take words over actions is causing harm. And my question is this. We're going to destroy a man's life over some emails he sent 10 years ago. This isn't even new. This isn't even new. This was back in 2011, right? But in the meantime, we have the president's son, whose emails were leaked and had equally <laughs> damaging stuff, in my opinion, where he talked about womanizing and talked about black people and talked about crack and talked about doing drugs and talked about and had pictures of such. Not even, not even that he talked about doing these things. There was literally videos of him smoking crack, uh, you know, having sex with maybe underage women, maybe underage, maybe close to underage. I don't know. You know, talked about different situations with his nieces. I mean, this was a man who <laughs> had a relationship with his dead brother's uh, wife. I mean, not saying that she's perfectly innocent in this, in this situation there, but I started thinking about this. It's like, 
here's a coach for NFL team. John Gruden, obviously, if you've ever known him or heard of him or listened to anything, he he's a very unique individual, to say the least, right? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff on him that we don't even know about that players could tell you about if they so chose to. But uh, here we have the president's son out there now. He's been selling his, his paintings now for close to a year. And one could wonder, so he had a, uh art art show back in last month in uh, L.A. Now he's got one coming up in uh, New York. And these paintings are going for, you know, a pretty penny for somebody that's not a painter. So you got to wonder who's buying these quote-unquote works of art and uh, paying, you know, a nice little chunk of, of money for, and why? Do you really think, is the paintings that good that they're worth $75,000, $100,000? Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. I'm not an art critic. I just think it looks bad. I, I would say that timing is everything. I would think if, if you're somewhat of a decent artist, like if, if I'm Hunter Biden and I'm like, you know, you know, I'm fucking around painting and someone says, you know, that's really not bad. Oh, really? You don't think so? Yeah. Why now? Why wouldn't you wait until maybe daddy's not president and you sell him? Well, it's, it's an opportunity situation, right? I stand to make more money now for my paintings while daddy's president versus when he's not president. Why? Because maybe I buy this painting from Hunter Biden for $100,000 and then maybe you say something to your dad and it helps me out so when I need a favor you know I'm just saying it seems like a very much a quid pro quo type situation and you know in the article it says well they're vetting the buyers for to to get away from that like obviously you don't want say uh, a Russian oligarch coming in buying a bunch of paintings and then maybe (laughs) that Russian or Ukrainian or whatever is asking for a favor down the road so I get that, but who's to say I'm a businessman and my business is whatever? Am I? Oh, let's let's put it this way. Let's say my business is customer service, whether whatever that business is, and I just bought, you know, five paintings from your son for a hundred thousand each. So I invested five hundred thousand in your son's paintings that are garbage. Uh, maybe maybe we get. Oh, we should have looked the other way on my. Uh, company's uh vaccine rollout let's say let's say uh that's the small price i pay as an owner of a company for you to not enforce the vaccine mandates on my company hmm, interesting something i just thought about but i guess we will see how that works out but the fact that you can't sit there and say that this isn't some sort of fucking this for that quid pro quo thing then I don't know. It just looks very weird, in my in my opinion. So, on to the next story. Here we have, guess what, guys? Joe Biden's going to fix everything. Uh, Joe Biden and his... Yeah, he's going to fix everything. And by that, I mean the uh, the supply chain debacle, right? I mean, he he's only vowed to fix it two months ago. 
But now that it things have gotten worse and worse in the two months, I guess he's going to actually try and fix it. He comes out yesterday. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, <laughs> where he says, uh, oh, yeah, I'm going to um, fix the whole uh, thing I got with the port. Uh, <laughs> the port uh, police, or not police. The port's in L.A. and, and Long Beach, and, and they're going to start getting things done on a uh, 24-hour process, 24 hours a day process. So my question was this, is, I, I don't know, I'm going to assume that because uh, uh, the ports agreed to run the business on a 24-hour uh, situation, that they weren't running it on a 24-hour. So let's assume the docks ran Monday through Friday, um, 7 to 5, whatever. I, I remember him saying in his speech he gave yesterday, uh, they were adding 60 more hours of, of freight unloading uh, from where they were, which 60 hours, that's five 12-hour shifts, right? So, and if they're going to run 24 hours, they're obviously not running 24-7 because just simple math will tell you if they're adding 60 hours, that's only five 12-hour shifts. So I would assume if they're running 24 hours that currently they ran five 12-hour shifts. So let's just say for shits and giggles, it was 7 to 7. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. is what the docs ran. Okay, now they're going to run from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Shift 1. Shift 2 will run 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. Nonetheless, still only five days a week. And if uh, if that's the case, it's still not uh, 24-7, right? It's 24-5, okay? My question is this. Um, prior to Biden stepping up and working out a deal, because before me, it wasn't, they didn't work like this. Well, before you, they didn't have to work like this, right? Before all this fuckery became what we know as a daily life, if the docks ran five 12-hour shifts, right? Obviously, it was enough to get the job done. We never had this issue before you became president, uh, which you've only been president not quite nine months. We didn't have this issue. Fuck COVID, fuck vaccines, fuck all this shit. <laughs> we didn't have this problem in this country until you became president. Now, why is that? The products were still coming in from wherever. They were still being offloaded from the ships in um, you know New York and in L.A. and in Long Beach and wherever else they're unloaded at, and those shipping containers were still put on trucks and those trucks were still driving. Then you became president and all that slowed down. Why? What button was magically pressed for this to all of a sudden stop? Was it that, let's say, I don't know the percentage, but let's say... Uh, 40% of all products coming into this country come through California at whatever port. doesn't matter. Just California in general. Well, is it because the state of California mandated vaccines for their people? 
and people that worked the docks in these in these states were like, "Fuck this shit, we're moving." And they moved to Texas or Florida or Arizona or wherever they moved to get out of that. And now they're in Texas working the docks in Houston. Or, you know, you had uh, DeSantis come out and say, hey, you know, ships at sea, you want to get your stuff unloaded? Come to Florida. Then we've got the capabilities here because we do that now. We might not do it at the scale that they do in L.A., if if uh, California, I'm just throwing numbers out, but if California does do 40%, let's say Florida does 10% or 20%, obviously we might not have the capacity to, to ramp up to get to that 40%, but maybe we do. But I don't think the problem is 100% getting the stuff off of the boats. It's also getting the stuff onto trucks and those trucks getting around the country because... The the uh, job shortages aren't just dock workers unloading the boats. It's truck drivers, okay? So you can unload all the ships you want. If you don't have a truck to put them on, you're eventually going to get a log jam unloading the boats. And I think that's part of the problem isn't so much getting the boats unloaded per se. It's what to do with the ship once you unload the boat, okay? You only have so much room on the docks once you unload a boat. And I know um, that's where I'm calling on Walmart and FedEx and UPS to to do this stuff. Okay, well, they can still only do so much because they have a job shortage also. Okay, I'm truck drivers. I'm not talking about overall. I'm sure overall they have a job shortage at, you know, store level and whatnot. But even the truck drivers, I remember years ago, it was nearly impossible to become a truck driver for Walmart. Like literally. You and this I used to be, you know, I used to work for Walmart years ago. Um, you would literally have to have and I have a buddy who's a truck driver. And I remember years ago he tried to get on with Walmart. And he was relatively new at driving a truck. And what I mean by relatively new, he had only been doing it for five years. <laughs> you have to have so much experience, or you had, I should say, to have so much experience to become a Walmart truck driver that you couldn't just, uh, I, you know, I got my CDL at the, you know, Billy Bob's truck driving school. I'm going to go work for Walmart. It, it wasn't like that back in the day. Back in the day, you had to have so many verified miles under under your belt in so many verified years, which, which that means is if I, I had to work for maybe a local carrier or a smaller st uh, countrywide carrier and have, uh, you know, like a million miles under my belt, or I don't know if it was that many, but it was, it was a chunk of mileage of, and let me back that up, of accident-free mileage. So you couldn't have, say, you know, 500,000 miles under your belt, um, if you had, you know, 10 accidents, right, you had to be accident-free for those miles. And uh, then maybe you could get a job with Walmart. Now, you you might be behind a Walmart trailer, and they actually have advertisements on their trailers. Come drive for us. Call 1-800-blah-blah, whatever. And I don't drive behind a semi now of any, of any company that isn't hiring. I don't care... If they're a national carrier, if they're a local carrier, if they're a regional carrier, and most of them, I would still say you have to have experience with Walmart, but 
I would say the the uh, the notches have been turned down a lot. And then there's some companies that are hiring drivers with no experience. Like you could literally get a job driving a semi and not even have your CDL. Now that's not to say you're going to be able to drive the truck without the CDL. You're still going to have to get that. But a lot of these companies are hiring and then training you and then releasing you to the roads, which is a little scary in itself, right? I mean, even like around here, I don't know if it's it's everywhere in the country, but some of your local vendor companies, Pepsi, Coke, um, Budweiser, um, are hiring guys with no CDLs, training them. I mean, they're not just you know putting them behind a truck; they're training them to, and they still have to get their CDLs. So, I don't know what the what the period of of time is, but they're so desperate for help of driving these trucks. They're taking in you know people that have no maybe no none or hardly any driving experience as far as a, a truck is concerned training them getting their cdl and then putting them behind this wheel so you literally could be driving down the street with a, a semi in front of you or behind you and that person might have six months or less uh, driving experience which is a little scary to think about <laughs> but the the interesting thing is is i i wanted to dub this uh, you know, forget about the Grinch. It's Biden who's going to steal Christmas. And by that, I mean, he's been supposedly working on this supply chain issue for two months. I really think, in all honesty, I think someone got in his ear two, three, four months ago and said, sir, you know, shit's starting to bottleneck at these ports because of people not working, people walking off jobs. And now you want to, uh, you know, mandate these vaccines. So you figure this shit kind of started piling up probably two or three months ago and got real bad about a month ago. When did that happen? Well, a month ago is when he mandated his vaccines. I'm going to call on OSHA, blah, blah, blah. And in the meantime, you had states like New York and California, which, like I said, are probably two of your biggest states that import goods on their docks. And these dock workers quit. And then the bottleneck got even worse. Okay? On top of, at the time, you had... The, uh, the handouts and the unemployment and people rather not work than work. And now you're going to force them to not work. I've said it before and I'll say it again, guys. I'm not telling you to go make a mad dash to the grocery store and make a mad dash to Walmart and buy your kids Christmas yet. But if there's anything in particular that your kids might want for Christmas, you might want to start looking for it now. Uh, I've said this about food. It doesn't hurt to buy an extra can of this and an extra can of that. If you have room in your freezer, you might want to grab that turkey. I know traditionally in years past, you wait till maybe a, a week or two before Christmas because maybe your local grocery store might have the turkey real cheap. might be like under a dollar a pound. Well, it might not ever get to that price. So <laughs> if you see a turkey at the grocery store, your Walmart, or wherever you, wherever you uh, do your grocery shopping, you might want to go ahead and get it now. If you have the room to store it, I'm just saying, because if you wait, it might not be there. They're already talking about these shortages, okay? If they're talking about them, that means they know something. All right. Final story of the day. Before I get into them, I want to get to our final sponsor, and that is uh, smoothmyballs.com backslash DTOM. Check them out for uh, 20% off on Razor, Razor Accessories. It's funny. <laughs> we were driving... My wife's like, I'm so glad you're not talking about the 
the fuzzy balls people. I'm like, hey, but smooth my balls. Come on, man. They're my legendary sponsor. Guys, check them out and uh, just tell them PCG sent you. All right, final story of the day. It's our feel-good story of the day. I've been, I'm trying to find every every show. I'm going to try and do this, um, so we can end the end the day on on bright news. So <clears throat> this was back uh, back in 1940. No, <laughs> October 11th, 2021. So these two men were rescued after spending 29 days lost in the Pacific Ocean where they survived on rainwater and coconuts. Now, I, uh, I am going to try and say these two gentlemen's name. Guaranteed I'm going to fuck them up, so forgive me. Mr. Uh, you know what? Let's see, their first name, Levi Nanjikakena and Junior Kualani. So we're going to call them Levi and Junior for short, because I can pronounce those. They set out from Mono Island in the Samoa, in uh, Samoa Islands um, on the morning of September 3rd in a small 23-foot Yamaha motorboat. Okay, brave. Anyway, so uh, without going into intense detail, I would say that the two gentlemen set out to see the tiny ship was tossed because uh, bad weather came in. Uh, threw them around a little bit. The GPS went out. Um, <clears throat> they cut the motors to save on fuel. Eventually, the, the boat died. Um, I would say the ship was uh, set aground on a tiny, de <laughs> tiny desert island. No. They survived on oranges, which they had. Also, they trapped rainwater in, pieces, in a piece of canvas, drank that for 29 days, uh, coconuts that were on the island and floating in the water. Um, they were rescued by fishermen off the coast of Papua New Guinea, where they had floated 248 miles away from where their journey began, which is kind of, you know, I mean, a month, damn near a month, right? We didn't know where we were, but we did not expect to be in another country, one of the gentlemen said. Despite losing themselves at sea for nearly a month, the men had returned with a remarkably, remarkably positive outlook. And the one gentleman says, I had no idea what was going on while I was out there. I didn't hear about COVID or anything else. He said, I look forward to going back home, but I guess it was nice to get a break from everything. <laughs> so, you know, him, these guys being away, obviously no cell phones, no, no way to hear news, see news, talk to anybody. And these are two gentlemen from uh, the Samoan Islands. So obviously even... As much as we hear about shit here in America with COVID and everything, it's it's prevalent. It's a, it's not an American thing. This is a world thing, <clears throat> and uh, goes to show you what are what are they trying to do? This isn't a, an American thing. This isn't a Dr. Fauci trying to take over the world thing or take over America thing. This is powers that be trying to take over, take trying to take over something. Hopefully. Uh, in America, at least, and in other countries, you see where France and Australia, England, where they're protesting these these mandates and these lockdowns and these things that they're trying to do to us. Um, I'm just glad to see that in America, we're finally starting to stand up and do the same um, because it's coming, guys. If we don't unite and and bring this fight to them, they're gonna 
bring the fight to you, guaranteed. So, um, for that, with that being said, I'm going to close out the show with, please, guys, don't forget to check out the website, DontTreadOnAmerica.com. That's basically your one-stop shop. If you want to check out the social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, YouTube, if you go to the website, it takes you to all those places. If you don't want to go to the website, that's fine also. Go to Facebook, Don't Tread on America. Facebook and Instagram, obviously, are the same situation, so Don't Tread on America. A, on Twitter, it is uh, DTOM underscore 1775. If you want to check me out on Twitter, it is uh, PCGC underscore 1775. And don't forget, we're on YouTube, Don't Tread on America. Like I said, I'm not recording this video this show because obviously I knew it'd be taken down with all the COVID talk and I really didn't feel like wasting the time in doing so but please guys check out the website um, I'm looking to do some merch on there I'm trying to figure out the the best cost conscience way to do it where I can I think someone told me uh, if you do Etsy it doesn't necessarily cost you anything until um, stuff gets made purchased and sold and then even then, it doesn't really cost you anything. They kind of take the cost out of whatever's sold. I'm doing research on that. But once that's up, it will be also on the website. So keep an eye out on that. And because um, we've had a couple of requests for shirts and hats and stuff like that. So I'm going to look into that. So just like I said, stay tuned to the website. Obviously, I will talk about it here once that does happen. Um, but please guys, uh, I did some, I'm starting to do some blogs on the website. Um, check those out, read them up, uh, interesting stuff. And, uh, just trying to get the website going as best as I can, you know, with working a full-time job and having a family and stuff I have to do around the house. So this isn't a full-time job for me. I have a full-time job. This right now is a hobby and we'll see where it goes. So, but with y'all's help by sharing liking the videos, liking the podcast. If you're listening to us on Apple, give me a five-star review. And most importantly, guys, the biggest thing with podcasts is share this stuff with your friends. The more people that know about this, obviously, the more people will know about this. Um, getting really, I feel like I'm blowing up pretty good in California, obviously Texas, obviously Florida. But uh, we are venturing out worldwide. I'm heard in a couple of countries in Europe. Um, obviously, Australia is starting to catch on. And guys, if you could just keep sharing this with your friends and help me out, the more, the more, uh, the more I can get this ball rolling, the more content I can bring you, and uh, the better my research will get, and uh, the better the show will get. You know, I think I think I'm getting a little bit better. I just need y'all's help. So, with that being said, guys, it is October 14th, 2021. You guys have a great day, and I will talk to you later.